Welcome to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Saga. I'm a 35-year-plus spondy looking to bring the community closer. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Ankylosing Spondylitis Podcast. I want to start this episode off a little bit different today. I got an email from a gentleman and I want to read an excerpt from the email to you. It really touched my heart to get this. Uh, it was really, really cool. It says, hey, Jason, my name is blank. I'm a 21-year-old law student who just got diagnosed in June with AS. I've spent my entire life in agonizing pain that resulted in breaking both my ankles twice, a broken neck, reconstructive shoulder surgery that ended my brief college baseball career, and a plethora of other physical and mental issues that would take too long to highlight in detail. I wanted to reach out to you because I was initially in denial about having an incurable disease, and it devastated me mentally. I had spent the majority of this summer feeling overwhelmed and depressed, which increased my flares and overall pain. The pressure of having law school in a few weeks was no help either. I had been in pretty bad shape until three weeks ago when I found your podcast one night. For whatever reason, your calm demeanor, honesty, and just authentic decency I could hear from you wanting to help people made me feel better about having this disease and genuinely eased my pain knowing that I am not the only person out here in a blinding pain that is impossible to articulate. I cannot thank you enough for doing what you have done by starting that podcast and opening up a dialogue about specific problems that such a small amount of the population would ever understand or deal with. He goes on to talk about a few other things, but I absolutely was touched by that message. This is such a disease that can absolutely isolate you, make you not want to get out and interact with other people because of numerous issues, whether they be physical or mental limitations, as you come to grips with this. So with that said, I really appreciate that letter. I really appreciate all of you listeners. The show has been growing by leaps and bounds. I can see the download numbers come in from around the world. It's just so fantastic to see not only fellow Americans, but everybody else around the world joining me in this journey for ankylosing spondylitis. Because whether we're in India, Brazil, United States, Australia, Japan, wherever, we may all have different accents, we might speak a different language, but we're all tied together by ankylosing spondylitis, which is a bond that nobody else can understand except for another person with ankylosing spondylitis. Please reach out if you have questions, if you're feeling down, get in touch with me. I'd be happy to talk with you, whether it be by email or phone. You know, I'm, I'm right here to, to communicate with you. So anyway, this episode is going to be about sacroiliac joint pain. I've had a lot, a lot of experience with this, so I'm going to tie in a lot of my own stuff. But man, this one is one that everybody with AS, for the most part, experiences to some various degree. And we're going to touch base and talk about that. So here we go. As everybody knows, the sacroiliac or SI joints are in your hips. With AS, that's a lot of times where it starts or begins the mission of destroying your your body. And that's where mine really started. My sacroiliac joints would be on fire when I was a kid. It would be excruciating back pain, leg pain. It was always just treated as, I've said before, you know, growing pains. Well, as we progressed on, I've now been dealing with AS for probably 40 years and the last time I had x-rays earlier this year in 2019, the both of my SI joints were completely fused over. 
they were not even visible on the x-ray. The doctor said that that could be a reason I've had maybe some less pain because there's no more damage that can be done around those joints. What I have experienced is lack of a range of motion. I still have a very difficult time moving, and that's one of the issues is the SI joints being fused over. What is uh, sacroiliitis? Well, that's when you're experiencing inflammation around the joints, and it can affect your back, can affect your knees, hips, you know, it can affect everything. So that's something that we all generally get and have to deal with as we go along. So what is sacroiliitis? It is a fairly common health condition that we get. Actually, you don't even have to have AS to get it. It can affect people with other types of arthritic conditions. But it, again, it affects the sacroiliac joints, uh, which is located in the hips. As many of us know, if you have sacroiliitis, um, there's an associated signs and symptoms of the condition. It's likely to include, you know, pain and discomfort in the hips. You know, you don't want to stand on solid or hard surfaces. Your legs hurt. Inflammatory bone or muscle conditions, you know, which is the AS or other types of arthritis. There are generally kind of eight signs or symptoms of sacroiliitis. If you have it, you know, see your doctor to make sure that he's or she is looking at it right. But one is there's arthritis that you have. It could be AS, which I'm thinking most people listening to this have this, or it could be any type of other chronic, you know, inflammatory bone condition that affects people. So again, make sure that if you're experiencing tons of lower back pain, that you get in and have your doctor take a look at it. Two, you know, this one is kind of a one that we all will know, which is pressure in the hips. You know, one of the first symptoms which can point to potential diagnosis of inflammation of the sacroiliac joints is pressure and pain. Number two, pressure in the hips. You know, one of the first uh, symptoms which can point to a potential diagnosis of sacroiliac joint pain is inflammation of the joint. You know, any of that is the pressure, pain, or discomfort you might feel. So it's very important that you get in and talk to your doctor about that to let him or her know that there is an issue there that you're dealing with. The pressure felt in the hips can sometimes happen for women during pregnancy. Uh, so if you have ankylosing spondylitis and you're considering or are pregnant, you know, really talk to your doctor about that and let him or her know what's going on. And then when inflammation is really bad, it's at its worst, so will any of the associated pain around that area. So just know that there are some things that can be done as far as stretching goes. But if you have it, make sure to, again, just make sure to have your doctor be aware of everything you're experiencing. Number three, pain in the lower back. Pain in the lower back, you know, this can be one of the first signs or the symptoms of having sacroiliitis uh, diagnosed because that can lead to a whole myriad of other issues. But, you know, with the pain in the lower back, it, it can happen after whether it be an accident. It can happen as your AS progresses. There's a number of ways to, to deal with it, but that can be one of the first things that starts to jump out and say that there's a problem going on somewhere else. So if you're experiencing the lower back pain and you've not had x-rays done, not had an MRI done, talk to your doctor. That may be another step that is needed to further get in there and look and see what's going on, if there's any damage, anything of that nature. Four, you know, there's also pain and discomfort in the legs. This is what really got me when I was younger. And I, I've said this in other episodes before, but I developed to a point where I could not even walk when I was in college. Putting any type of pressure 
on my feet, my heels would just send me through the roof. I ended up going and getting on crutches to be able to move around because the legs, the hips, everything was so tender. I didn't go to a doctor, didn't even think to do anything like that. I just dealt with it by taking tons of aspirin and staying on the crutches until the, the pain subsided. So if you get lots and lots of heel pain, lower leg, you know, like calf pain, thigh pain, um, hip pain, all of that can be tied into your SI joints. So make sure to have it looked at because it can be debilitating. You know, again, it's just another symptom of what we deal with. And the doctor may be able to put you onto the right path to help to alleviate some of that pain. Number five, numbness in the legs or feet. You know, I, I didn't have a whole lot of that associated with the SI joints. My legs would occasionally get numb. I think I remember generally attributing that to just the way I was sitting or something, not necessarily to the SI joints. Now that I've had a, my last hip replacement, I do have a numb leg from nerve damage. My left leg from the knee down is basically has no feeling. I have a drop foot. But numbness in the legs or feet is, is not one that I've had exposure to. So again, if you're getting that, if you're having an issue with that, make sure to... Again, this all boils down to let your doctor know so that he or she can best help you navigate through all this SI pain. You know, you also, number six on this little journey with SI joints is you could end up with just real bad flare-ups. You know, if you're under a lot of stress about something, school, relationships, finances, whatever, we all know that stress can be a major contributor to flare-ups. Well, if you're in a ton of pain and you have any one or more of those other issues bothering you, it can send you for a loop of a flare-up. I have to say that it's really been, knock on wood, a long time since I've had a, a just terrible flare-up. I had a little bit of pain the other day, but I haven't had a really bad flare-up in I, I don't know how long. So, you know, knock on wood for that. I feel lucky that I haven't had one, and I feel terrible when I read the messages people put on the different AS boards on Facebook to hear about the flare-ups going, because those just aren't something I've had in so long. And I think a lot of that is because there's so much damage that's already been done. My SI joints are completely fused. My lower back is completely fused. My neck is fused. So a lot of those items that can be pronounced or be exaggerated during a flare I just don't have anymore. So that's one item that has been kind of, I guess, nice to deal with, even though I don't think nice is the probably most appropriate term. Number seven, you might have related inflammatory bowel conditions. This is something that, thank goodness, on top of everything else I've had, this is one thing that I have not had. So if you're suffering from any type of inflammatory bowel conditions, upset stomach, low back pain, fever, any of that, it might be associated with sacroiliac joint inflammation. And again, this all stems back to let your doctor know so that he or she can check out and make sure that you don't have Crohn's disease or some other item and that it's really just an additional symptom of ankylosing spondylitis. There's also, you know, again, and then he or she can help you with any type of possible dietary items that might help to alleviate or 
reduce that type of, you know, inflammatory bowel condition. And for those of you that are listening that might be caregivers, remember if, if the person that you're dealing with that you think might have AS or was recently diagnosed with AS, if they keep talking about, oh, their lower back is killing them or their knees hurt or their feet hurt, those are all areas where they, they might be getting additional reactions to ankylosing spondylitis. And those could be all referred back to the SI joints, or any other number of things. So it's very important to listen to what your body is telling you. Don't try to fight it as far as sit there and be stubborn and say it doesn't exist. Go ahead and step back and say, I'm dealing with this. Here's what it is. Here's realistically what it is. And now how do I attack it to to lessen it? And so, you know, remember that repeated infections, you know, that don't seem related can make their way through the whole body. So you could have back pain, then knee pain, then foot pain, all related to the uh, SI joints. So it's very important to make sure that you're not just taking some ibuprofen or some Aleve or anything like that and moving on, that you're letting your doctor know what are the conditions you are dealing with. That's kind of SI joints in a very, very basic coverage. You as the patient want to go out and be your own best advocate. You want to deal with the doctors and let him or her know where the pain is, how long it's been going on, what is the intensity of it, zero to 10, you know, whatever scale you want to use to let the doctor know the amount of pain that you're in. I know a lot of people treated SI joint pain with opiates, which was a great option. Unfortunately, opiate abuse got to the point where now those of us that are in chronic pain, it's very, very difficult to get them. So make sure you're working with a reputable pain clinic, one that doesn't seem to have a lot of just people walking in trying to abuse the system so that it makes it easier for you to get your opiates that you might or might not take for alleviating some or all of this pain. But again, that's just one option. You know, there's stretching that you can do to help, staying active, some simple bike riding, all sorts of stuff to keep the range of motion in your SI joints is very helpful in the long term. In the short term, it might generate some pain for you, but in the long term, it'll pay great dividends. It's a very important topic. I really thank you all. Again, I, I can't tell you enough how much I thank you all for your listening. And if you have questions, topics of interest, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. Talk to you later. Bye.